Welcome to the Sam Dean Podcast, where we talk about life uncensored. Today on the show, I have my good friend Logan Mysgades, the owner of Margo Hill in Athens, wedding venue. Uh, he's joining me in the office today in Athens. Our show is sponsored by Dash Health and Wellness. Dash Health and Wellness is a company created by Alicia and Justin Munden. Alicia Munden and Justin Munden. And they are on Instagram and Facebook. And they specialize in weight loss. And they take on clients. So just send them a message. Alicia Munden, Justin Munden, Dash Health and Wellness. They have great success with their clients with weight loss and all the mental and physical, psychological stuff related to that. Our show is also sponsored by Van Zant Coffee, the best freshly roasted coffee you can buy. And we roast it right here in Athens. Um, our show is also sponsored by Margot Hill, the best wedding venue I've ever seen. I've been out there. It's beautiful. And we're going to talk about it on the show. So without further ado, Logan Mysgates, thanks for listening. Logan, what's up, man? Not much, Sam. Thanks for having me. Hey, I've been we've been trying to get this thing going for a while now. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, man. 2021. So far so good? I think so. I mean, besides the news, we won't get in we don't, is this a political? Are we going to do pol- politics on this I'd episode? Rather, I'd rather not. Yeah, forget that. Yeah. I was going to say, well, the food challenge is making 2021 a a healthy start, but uh, a little a little rough. You brought from one of my favorite places in Athens, uh, used to be Del Norte, but now it's El Toro 2. Second location, yeah. It's a Mexican meat meat market. Mercado. It's a mercado. But Logan brought me fajita beef, onions. This is all grilled. Avocados. A little a little rice. It wasn't fried rice, though. No. Um, little tomatoes. Limes. Mm-hmm. And Topo Chico. Gold peppers. For lunch. And it fit our uh, nutrition challenge that we've got with CrossFit Van Zant right now. Mm-hmm. Where we can't have anything processed. We can't have anything but really meat, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds. And a little bit of starch. Can't have any sugar, though. No alcohol. No alcohol. Besides on Sundays. Mm. How are you doing so far on the challenge? Honestly, pretty good. Uh, it's, I mean, obviously it's, it's a challenge. That's why it's called the challenge. It's challenging on a daily basis because I've got three kids mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to cook something that a, my wife wants to eat. will Abby. feel Abby, mm-hmm. the great and beautiful Abby that she would like to eat. And also something that the kids will like. And so it's not uncommon that we have to cook two different meals. If they're like, eh, I don't know about yeah. this, just meat and veggies. You're not like, you're going to eat it. And if you're not going to eat it, you're going to be hungry. Yeah, exactly. If you're not going to finish it, breakfast. Yeah. We go through that with George, too. But, you know, George is pretty good on, I mean, he took a bite of my sushi roll one day, which I thought that was a big step. Normally, you're in your 20s whenever you finally man up to eat sushi. Yeah, because you can afford it, too. Well, you can't afford it, one. But, two, 
you know, it's fish, which is foreign to us here in mm-hmm. East Texas. We don't, we only know about fried catfish, really. You like fried fish? <laughs> Hush puppies. <laughs> so I hate fried catfish. Like, it, it just, it does not taste good to me. Um, but, you know, man, people listen to this. They're like, that's it. I'm not listening to Sam Dean's podcast anymore. That guy's a freak. He doesn't like catfish. I like catfish. I don't, I'll tell you a secret, too. I don't really like crawfish, either. Really? It's so much work, man. So little meat. If if they can get well, did you try the the sushi roll with the crawfish on it? No, I probably like that. Yeah, because you can just eat that, right? You don't have to yeah. break it apart and suck it. Exactly. Yeah, I just don't like that whole process, man. I, you know, call me a baby or whatever, but I go through all that work for that little slither of meat. I just, I'd rather have it already fried or something, or just. Or I could just take a fork and just pick it up and put it in my mouth and chew it up. I hear you. I don't blame you for it. Yeah. I'm uh I've got I've got some random information and we don't have to get into it now, but let's hear it. Well, a little history on France and crawfish. So I think there's like two different types of crawfish, red you tail said and blue tail. History a little history on France and the country and crawfish. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Is that Yeah, I just for everybody listening, they don't know you lived in France, but okay. Yeah, born and raised there. But anyway, so France only has one of the two tails. I think it was original, like native to France. I think it's like red tail crawfish or blue tail crawfish. And then someone brought back some red tail crawfish from Louisiana or something like that, threw it in a river, freaking overtook all the creeks and rivers, spread. You can go to any creek in France and you can find some crawfish. And they've nearly killed off all the other, all the like the blue tail crawfish. So I thought crawfish was like an American thing. Nope. Everywhere. Crawfish bowl in France. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. I guess it is a Louisiana thing, you know, since we're so f- close to those coonasses right here on the border. <laughs> and they're, you know, give a crawfish bowl, get some newspaper, put it on the table. Dump it out on the table when, you know, you got your corn co- corn on the cob, your potatoes, just a salty-ass crawfish. Um, well, all right, let's get into let's 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 dive into it. All right. I met you for the first time, you know, always bring up Atticus & Co., Boog & Flo's store in Athens downtown, one of my favorite shops. Went in there. You and Abby were in there shopping. And uh, that's where I first met you. Yep. Shook your hand. You were looking at some knives. Well, Boog, yeah, Boog was showing us some, some new knives mm-hmm. that he'd gotten. And uh, and I knew that he and Flo did CrossFit. We had gone to lunch with them. They, they were one of the first people we had met when, uh, when we were thinking about moving to mm-hmm. this part of Texas. And um, went to lunch with them. Boog kind of sold me on cro- on CrossFit at that lunch about community. We're we're big on community and wanting to surround ourselves with some good people and all types of people. And and so I hope you find that. I already have CrossFit. <laughs> CrossFit's great. CrossFit's great. Uh, if you. anything, just for that. Yeah. Um, met a lot of people. My wife always Abby always tells me you've got more friends than me, and typically it's the other way around. It's it's true, man. A lot of people. It's true. It, you know, there's so many business owners that that do are part of our gym, and it's it's like a church. It's like a youth group or a 
study group, your class, you know, and the whole thing's like the whole church. And it's, man, you you get connected automatically because, you know, people generally do CrossFit are pretty nice people. I mean, yeah. there's not, they're pretty social people. They're not those people that, you know, work out by themselves. They're, they're yeah. going to socialize. They're going to introduce themselves to you and they're going to encourage you and stuff like that. So, um, I met you there. You you talked with Boog. You came to CrossFit. You and I, you've come to, the, you usually come to the 5.15 a.m. class mm-hmm. in Athens, which is an early class. What time do you have to wake up for that? Uh, <clears throat> when I have to come in early enough to stretch a lot, mm-hmm. 4.30. If not, 4.40. 4, okay. Yeah. I'd so, say most of the time, 4.30. So I wake up at 4. Yeah. Of course, I live a little further, but I have to get here and unlock and get, get, things it, ready. get the warm up on the board, get everything set up. Uh, have a couple. Of, I have about two cups of coffee, I think, before the class. So anyway, you get here, you warm up, you do the class, you stretch a little bit, hopefully, and then we usually go to breakfast afterwards. Yeah, breakfast. Um, it, it's funny. It's it kind of feels like Cheers, like the bar. Mm-hmm. You know you. You work out, then maybe you hang out, drink some coffee, talk like old men. I feel yeah. like an old man sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then we'll get, typically go get breakfast after the 6 a.m. class. How old are you? 37. Okay. Me and you, same age. Mm-hmm. Where were you born? In France. Your parents were missionaries. Mm-hmm. Give me the story, man. Early, early Logan Mize Gates. Early Logan Mysgate. Well, I'm one of five, so there were three others before me. Mm-hmm. My parents moved to France from the States in 78. Okay. In 78. They moved with uh, Evangelical Rock Band. So I, I grew up um, like a Christian hippie, if you will. What's the name of that band? Uh, there were several. The American band, the original band, was called Anadomini. So AD, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Does not stand for after death. Yeah. Just Anadomini. Okay. New year of the Lord, right? Yeah. Um, and then they split up. And we talk rock. Are we talking about like Huey Lewis and the News rock? Are we talking about Metallica or Megadeth? Or are we more metal or what? So we're talking. We're we're talking the band played some very specifically Christian songs, but they also played some like secular rock and roll songs just to like get the crowd going. They would present the gospel Mm -hmm. throughout the concert, altar call, things like that. Um, But then they, they split up so that they could form French Christian rock bands so that the songs could be in French because at this point, they're playing all songs in English. Yeah. Playing to French people who maybe don't speak English. Um, and so at that point, it was, I, I pride my dad's band in saying it was not like your cheesy Christian rock music. It, it sounded very, it sounded very good. Like to this day, their first album is one of my favorite albums. Yeah. And Adam? No. Then, sorry, then it became Image. 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 Image without an S. S is silent in French. Okay. Uh, and I say that because five years into their band, there's like one of the first French boy bands that that came out, and their name was Images, 
as a silent so both names pronounced the same and people would go to my dad's concerts thinking they were going to go see the boy band <laughs> and vice versa yeah and so they went to court over the name oh, and man. my dad my dad dropped the case like he he could have won mm-hmm. and you know had the rights to it but he was like yeah our whole thing is like to witness to the secular world and so mm-hmm. he just went up to them and said hey we'll really sell the rights to to y'all and uh, and maybe one day we can be friends or something like that and sure enough they're still friends to this day and Ironically, the boy band invited my dad's band several times to open up for them when they were in the same city. And they didn't care that they were, my dad was like, yeah, but we'll have to present the gospel. I mm-hmm. hope you're okay with that. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, go for it, go for it. So it was cool because my dad would have concerts of like, you know, a couple thousand people at most. And then he'd go in front of a crowd of like 10,000. Wow, what a cool story. Yeah. So... The the rock band was like a it was like a rock rock and roll like yeah I mean was it who does it what does it sound like that's what I'm trying to get at it was it it's a good question when you say rock like Chuck Berry are we talking no, Elvis no 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 later than that like eighty like Brian Ad- Brian Adams yeah 80s rock Brian Adams so there's electric guitars and there's bass and there's drums and there's drums yeah keyboard. maybe maybe a synthesizer. Okay. You know. Yeah. All right. And maybe the occasional tambourine. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's I'll I'll bring I'll bring you a CD next time. It might is it on Apple Music or no? No. Okay. I've, we we've tried to digitalize it, and I think someone in my family has a copy of it. But maybe maybe I would have to get permission to play it on the podcast. If, it would if, be cool to have a little sound bite right now for the listeners. But. I know, I'm sorry. If if I don't suck at the podcast and you invite me back, I'll make sure to bring a little a little bit of it. Okay. All right, so let's get back to it. Okay. France, early France. You're you're a little kid. Yeah, so born right outside of Paris, about 45 minutes east of Paris. Um, my parents planted a church there, um, did you know, kindergarten, elementary school, sixth grade, and then my parents decided they kind of got too old for the touring stuff, the touring gigs and all that, uh, and they felt also like they were called to move away and plant another church somewhere else in France, and so they fell in love with Central France. We moved there in the mid-90s, some July of 1995, and... Um, about five hours south of Paris. So mm-hmm. literally, if you were to put your finger on a map of France where you thought the middle was, would probably be within 30 minutes of your finger. Um, and there I did junior high, high school. Played basketball, was a skater punk. Um, inline skating, not skateboard. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> Funny. Uh, I mean. Can you still do it? I haven't put I haven't put skates on in a while. You know, there's I, a little skate park in Malakoff, <clears> and I really, really want to try to get back into it. So you're talking about rollerblades, rollerblades, grinding so, rails. So you can go to a skate gaps. park with rollerblades and do tricks. Yeah, you might get laughed at, or you know, yeah, by the skateboarders. I think, I think so. There's like a historical beef between skateboarders, BMXers, and then rollerblade. <laughs> they don't think rollerblade is like an extreme sport yeah. or anything like that. Well, at the Athens Skating Rink, you can get rollerblades, 
and they have a jump in the middle of the rink that if you're if you're man enough you can go off this jump and do some tricks or whatever there's all these little kids like going off of it 100 miles an hour Uh, and george he's got some skates that he can change out roller skates or blades and he's like dad put those blades on man he was (laughs) he was already like he he lasted just a little while on those roller skates until he's like man i want to be like i want to be a little cooler let's put them blades on I loved it, man. I loved it. We built a skate park in our little town, my two best friends and I, and we got, I mean, I'm not going to say we got really good at it, but good enough to compete and and win some win some little small local contests and stuff like that. Now, what's fun. the competition? Is it a, a, it, like so a race or is no, it? No, no, it's by run. So you go to a skate park mm-hmm. and you map out your line and, and you just go for it. And so run is like, you have 60 seconds, and you just need to skate the quarter pipes, the tables, the spines, all that, and grind and do all your tricks. You have a helmet on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm prone to breaking my bones, so I wore, I wore all the pads. Wrist guards? Wrist guards, yeah. Ironically, last the last bone I broke, I broke my forearm in half, mm. grinding down a rail, and uh, and I had my wrist guard in my, in my elbow pads, and... And I guess the bone in between broke. Man. Bones. But yeah. Every summer you'd come back to the United States to visit your grandparents? Yep. I had grandparents in Kansas, grandparents in Dallas. My parents would take the opportunity to kind of go around their supporters and give them a, an update on what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we moved to central France... My parents wanted to build a small B&B as like a hub and start a home church there and then just see it grow. And they they really didn't want to do anything huge. They mm-hmm. just wanted a place where they could welcome people and welcome, you know, retreats for pastors and church staff and missionaries and all that. And it ended up growing into something much bigger. And now they're on about 10, 11 acres. And they have a complex, like a a hotel restaurant mm-hmm. like can sleep up to 75 you can probably have 115 people eating i mean it's it's a big place but they're able to host whole churches and things like that what's the name of that place the colorado the colorado and what town is that in in france it's in eagleton's igleton 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 off of the a9 a89 in that is I want to say that's how you got the idea for Margot Hill, and now we're, I don't want to jump ahead, but 2001, you you left France and came back to the United mm-hmm. States. Left France. You're a senior in high school. Yeah, well, I had graduated, but somehow got talked into doing another year mm-hmm. and get a second high school diploma but an american one and played basketball for holland park in dallas and i thought hey every high schooler dreams to go back to high school and not go to college (laughs) this makes sense and uh but in all seriousness i thought this would be a good opportunity for me to because i i played i played basketball in france my entire life and uh obviously the dream is always to go play college ball and yeah Becoming pro, and uh, I mean, I had those those crazy dreams, and so 
It's like, well, I know how to play European basketball. Let me go back to high school and and learn the American way. Mm-hmm. So high school would be great, easy. I only had to take like creative writing and English. Highland Park's it. a nice it's a nice place. It's it's a nice place, yeah. Nicest city and, and richest city in, in uh which Dallas. was yeah. a huge culture shock for me. Yeah. Here comes this missionary kid, grew up, you know, playing with uh, How'd you get to Highland Park? Why Highland Park and not So some this family that supported my parents mm-hmm. live in Highland Park and they have kids the same spread as me and my two closest brothers. Mm-hmm. And so we would Anytime we'd go to the U.S. and in Dallas, we would hang out with them constantly. So we became good friends, and they became like surrogate parents. And and so one summer, I went to go hang out with them, played open gym. The basketball coach at Highland Park at the time was like, "Hey, come play next year." I'm like, "All right." And so I live with these people in their back house, and the plan was play basketball, take the two classes that I literally I just needed to take two classes to earn the credits to get my high school diploma in the US and be eligible to play and so I did that and literally like three games into the preseason UL kicked me off saying it was recruiting and <laughs> UIL getting was you, it blue chips I guess I mean we we bypassed everything we th- we thought we'd found a loophole they'd become a legal guardians an entire 12 month cycle before i moved yeah and enrolled into the school and uh somehow still got kicked off yeah i've got my theories on that on who who used their influence and things like that but uh it is what it is i mean the I'm rival still, high school I, team. I still had a great experience you know in france you, yeah. don't, you don't have prom you don't have football friday night lights is not a thing school spirit is not a thing School sports is not a thing. Everything's club sports. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's this thing about the American dream that uh, foreigners have when it comes to school, and that is you want to experience those things. Because mm-hmm. the only time we've ever seen it is in movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think the majority of America, their prom and Friday Night Lights don't look like what it is in the movies, right? So this is... Varsity's pretty close to that. Varsity though. Blues came out, you know, right prior to this. Probably you probably saw that movie. I, I saw that in the U.S. Okay. But like, what did you? What were you watching to see the type of thing that we're talking about? There is a movie called Friday Night Lights about yeah about uh yeah about a mid, Midland Odessa yeah. But that would have been before that. There's, so it, there's Footloose. There's just <laughs> Footloose. There's Grease. Grease. Uh, no, nah, I think probably a little older than that. Days uh, of Confused. Yeah. But things, uh, things like uh, what is it? She's all that or that thing? You, not that. All thing those chick do. flicks that you were yeah. going on dates and watching those movies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. But yeah. seriously, I wanted to experience that, and so I did. I got to I got to go to, to homecoming, to prom, yeah. to the football games. Loved it. And when I went to go visit A and M, I went to Midnight Yell, and that was game over. I was like, What about it. you know Texas? And let me be a little weird. Were the women prettier in Texas than they were in your high school in France? Now, I don't know if that's politically correct or what, but I think Texas has the most beautiful women. I'm married a Texan. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. Is that a yes? I mean, I think for my personal experience, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know how to answer. I'm, I'm afraid like I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but it seems when I travel some other place, I don't, it's just the, the people are not as beautiful and I'm obviously, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't want to stop talking about that, but I think Texas women are the most beautiful women in the world. I w- Better than California girls, you know, I would agree with that statement. Uh, no offense to the other the women. Beach Boys would disagree, probably. Yeah. But. I mean, our wives are from Texas. Absolutely, I would, I would say my wife's the most beautiful woman in the world, and yeah. she's a Texan. So well, there I, I you would go. have to agree with that statement. Well, there you go. Okay, so it wasn't a okay. You did notice, obviously. Okay. Um, so you're a, how tall are you? Just shy of six three. Just shy six three. You play basketball. You're good. Were you forward? No, no, I'm a two guard, three guard. Okay. So I don't really know guard. what that means, but it, all right. Um, Get kicked off. Don't. Can't play. Can't play can't, basketball. Can't play basketball. Can't, can't probably. Can't get, can't get a scholarship. Can't get a college scholarship. Not that I would have gotten one, but all hopes of even potentially oh. getting one go out the window. And uh, then. It's college time. Got to figure out where I'm going to go to college. Why, do you, Texas A&M University? I don't know. A lot of my, a lot of my friends from Holland Park went there. And at that point, you know, when you're in high school, some people they want to get away from home, and I was already an Atlantic Ocean away from home, mm-hmm. so it didn't really matter where I went to college. I I could have gone to college in Dallas, and to me, it still would have felt like I was a long ways away. So I never felt like I needed to get out of state or anything like that. Um, like I said, I went to Midnight Yale, and I was just like, this is insane, but I love it. Like, this is yeah. everything that I'd never had in France. Like, And I thought I thought high school, more, the, the Highland Park experience was a big thing, and this was more com- More community. I mean, A&M was a huge community. Yeah, and traditions, and mm-hmm. just fun, and yeah, I loved it. So I was sold. I was sold. I don't look anywhere else, really, so after that. You got in. You went down there. Where did you live down there? I lived on Northgate. So if you're familiar, yeah. Northgate. Dixie Chicken and all yeah. those places. I lived off campus across the street from Dixie Chicken. So I'd open up my window, and I could see the chicken and Fitzwillies at the time and all that. Lived there for a couple years, a place called Traditions. Um, building sat on Robert Earl King's old old house yeah from the front porch song with Lyle Lovett exactly then from there moved to uh, Luther Street in the historic district across from Southgate right by the tracks Luther Street and Wellborn and uh, I just I I went to College Station just uh, a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. house is still standing still a POS I was one of ten guys in that house it was so fun. Animal house. It, it was so fun, man. Ten of us. It, when I say a POS house, it, it was falling apart. Like, the floor was holding on because the carpet was so tight. Yeah. Um, but really, like, everything was rotting. Still standing, though. And they're trying to sell it for, like, $350,000. And I think 
rent now is going for eighteen hundred a month, and we were paying all in bills, utilities, everything one hundred forty-five dollars a piece. Yeah, and for everything. And anyway, did you have a roommate that was real stinky? No, no, we're still all real close. I had a roommate was okay. The the stinky roommate was not in my room, yeah. which I was thankful for. Good. I had I had the roommate that loved to cook, that played music, that played basketball. I mean, we we got along real well. Cool. What'd you study there? <clears throat> I studied French. I got <laughs> I got into A and M through the European language department. That's uh, uh, yeah. Not to get into too is that too cheating deep. or no? Some people would say yes. I'd say I just use the system, you know. Like yeah. I, I took advantage of the system. It man, like A and M is one of the schools. It's real hard to get in, and I just flat out didn't have the grades. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have the test scores for it. SAT, SAT was like the first SAT was mm-hmm. the first exam in English that I took, like full on hour plus. You, re- long you remember what you scored on it? It wasn't a lot. I think I think eleven hundred or something like that. Like that it is. Was, I mean, that's pretty good. Not good enough to get into A at that point. Right. And so, can I tell you mine real quick? Yeah. So the first time I took it, it was in the nine hundreds. Uh, me too. Nine eighty for some I took it. And uh, I took it five times. Every time it went up. Yeah. A, like a little bit somewhere, and I got a Judy Groom, who was a teacher at Canton High School. A redheaded lady, really nice. She tutored me to get because I wanted to go to West Point, you know. And literally, I took that SAT, man, and it was like Forrest Gump style. <laughs> They're like, look, you're not going to make it. You know, like, this is no, don't even send this shit to us. So they were on Saturday mornings. I had to drive all the way to Tyler to TJC to yeah. take this test Saturday morning after a Friday night football game, yeah. usually. And I'm just not, I'm not good at it. I'm not material. I don't do well at SAT type stuff. But, man, I studied my ass off. And I think I ended up getting some type of 12 something. Awesome. 1250 or something. And I got accepted. But one of my roommates had a 1600 perfect score. Of course. <laughs> you know, like, of that's the kind of caliber like automatic, guys. Automatic, you go wherever you want. Yeah. And, uh, I was real proud of that 12, and that was a combined score. That was like my best math from one test and my best English or whatever the hell reading or whatever from yeah. another test. And, uh, yeah, so, all right. It it was hard. I found out later, uh, and someone told me this, I could have taken the SAT in French. Because, I mean, like the, the, the literary part, mm-hmm. you know, the English part, it's just stuff that, I mean, I I'd never taken literature in English. Like I took English as a foreign language in France because uh-huh. it was mandatory. But your parents no. spoke English to you? Or no? no, they did. I mean, that was an easy A for me. Yeah. In France, it was it was funny because you'd be taught English by a French teacher mm-hmm. that had a somewhat of a British accent, and here every time I spoke in English in the class, people. In, you know, my friends would tease me and act like they're chewing gum and be like, that's that's what they thought Americans were like. Yeah. Just like, I mean, 
the French people think Texans are when they when they heard that I was moving to Texas, they were like, So are you gonna you gonna go to school on, on a horse? You gonna right. carry a yeah. gun, have spurs and a cowboy hat? I'm like, Well, maybe I don't know. Hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you graduated in two thousand six? Class of 06, but I 06. took my time. I graduated in 07. 07? Yeah. Heck yeah. Got your ring. You still wear your Aggie ring all the time. I do. Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. It's, I, need to, I need to wear my ring more. I, get, I got it later in life. I graduated poor, so my wife for my 30th crowdfunded uh, with my friends the ring. and uh, No so, way. Yeah, so like 20 of my friends just pitched in and were like, let's get Logan his ring. So wow. at age, yeah, so at 30, got my ring. I had a kid already, and I had to dunk it. I got to dunk it, and it was fun. And beer? And drink yeah. the whole thing, huh? Drink the whole thing. Threw it up immediately. Because <laughs> I had just eaten a full meal, and, and had I was a couple yeah. of beers in already, and I didn't know I was getting a ring. It's a pitcher of beer with a ring in it. Pitcher of beer. That's a ring dunk a yeah. tradition at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. When you get your Aggie ring. Yeah, and typically, like, you get your pitcher of beer, and you, you spend you spend a while just, like, pouring it into another pitcher and back and forth to kind of flatten it out and, and get it kind of room temp so that you can chug it more easily. Yeah, if you're weak, you do that. If you're weak. <laughs> but I decided, you know, let's eat five tacos and yeah. rice and beans and that's the drink right, a couple beers that's and the then right chug a pitcher. That's the yeah. right way to do it. So, but uh, it was fun. What a great gift from your wife. She's, yeah, she's so thoughtful. So where, when, when did you meet Abby? I met Abby after college. Um, after college, I moved back to France, had a bad breakup, and uh, back to France to kind of go back to the roots and play basketball. Play Sem- s- semi-pro. Yeah, no big deal, NBD. Um, <laughs> played semi-pro. Well, my club had a semi-pro team. I knew the coach. I walked on. Got offered a contract, a two-year contract, and uh, I didn't sign it because I was going to this wedding in L.A. for one of my best friends, and I was in, in that wedding and showed up at the wedding, and Abby, who was in the wedding for her on when she was a bridesmaid, uh, walked in, and it was just kind of like in the movies, like lights dim, mm-hmm. spotlight on her. felt like first time that I felt like God was like, that's your wife, go after her, and you know, all the girls I've dated before that, it was just like dating a girl. But this was like, this is your wife, go after her. So I wow. pursued her. And then I moved back two were months you, later. Were you like a shark going through the crowd trying to get close to her? To try to like, how did you, you saw her, but how did you approach her? Take me back to it, play by play. Yeah, so I... What kind of stuff did you do to get close to her that evening specifically? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I just, I guess I just hung around her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the the crazy thing is, man, like all our friends there were friends in common in college, mm-hmm. but somehow her and I passed. Like we never hung out. We knew each other's names, but that was about it. Like I don't, I can't tell you a moment in college where we hung out together. And so it was like the first time I saw her then, but I just, I mean, we went out dancing that night. So I just, I asked her to dance with me. We danced all night. We hung out. Wait, I mean, okay. I, hold on. You asked her to dance? Yeah. What song? Do we know what song came on? I mean, what's your favorite song to dance to? If there's a song, come on. 
What song comes on that you go to Abby? Say you're at my wedding. Yeah. DJs play something. You like it. You're like, Abby, let's dance. What songs are we talking about here? Probably either I learned how to two-step at A&M. So either country song so I can two-step. Or or a slow dance song. What are we talking? Brooks and Dunn or something? Or I don't know. Yeah, uh, something slow. So, yeah, something where where it's it's a two person dance. Not not the kind of dance where you can all dance together. Like I need I need <laughs> some, time alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because something you'll know about Abby, she she can dance. She can cut a rug, and and I can't necessarily. Yeah. And uh, so group dance, but you know, which but, like, but you're man enough to do it with her. Uh yeah, I was I was with her for sure. I I think I'm probably on the shyer side typically, yeah. but with her just just had a certainty and boldness and so I just went after. Her. And uh you know, I had a I had a layover in Dallas when we left the wedding mm-hmm. and she lived in Dallas at the time and and so I just uh the way I tell the story is I was flying standby. I didn't make the first flight and so I had to call my best friend and ask him if I could spend the night there and so I called Abby and I told her hey I'd like to take you out on a, on a real date I know we just spent like three days hanging out but mm-hmm. I want to take you out on a real date so we went out on a real date and um, I thought it went well she, she'll she tell you a different story but I, I thought it went pretty well but I still it's just one of those things where you're like you're in the giddy phase and you just want to spend as much time with the other person as you can and so my buddy takes me this is so cheesy he takes me to the airport and I'm like, hey, you know what? Hold on a minute. So I go to the ticket counter and I ask the lady. I'm like, you know, I check in. And then I was like, hey, hold on. Can I can I push my standby flight to like tomorrow, the day after? And she's like, yeah, we just need to put in a reason. I'm like, put in. Got to go see about a girl. <laughs> Man, that's like a movie. It's like, Josh Hartman right like, there. Are you serious? I'm like, yep. Just met my wife in L.A. She lives in Dallas. Just before I go back to France, I want to spend, try to spend a couple more days with her. I think Josh Hartnett said that line exactly in one of those movies. Dude, that was Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. Matt Damon. Okay. He tells he tells Robin Williams, got to go see about a girl. Robin Williams tells that to Robert Matt Damon Williams first. Robert Williams is like. He's talking about his way. That's wife. the good stuff. That's the good stuff. That's, yeah. It's not your fault. Why? Hey, let me ask you this. You own a wedding venue, Margot yeah. Hill. Yeah. Why is it that a wedding is the one of the best places to meet a girlfriend or a potential husband or wife? Like, it's a hap. What is it? Is it just the happiness of the event, or? I don't know. I'm. I feel like it's almost a little cliche, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what'd you meet? It, it, a lot of the answers are either met at a wedding or we met at a bar, mm-hmm. or. Now it's like we met online, right? But um, I, I don't know. I think maybe it's the fact that if you go to a wedding and you're single, you know who is single there and who is not. Because if if you're married, obviously you got a ring. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a ring, you're just dating, you typically bring your boyfriend or your fiance yeah. or whatever. So, so you know who's going to be. And plus, like, the whole, like, garter toss and all that, you, I, I guess you know what fields to play mm-hmm. yeah and I mean you're celebrating love and marriage and everyone's feeling it in I think yeah like you said it's just a happy setting so if you're single 
it's best to go to a wedding because you might it's a good place to meet the woman or man of your dreams yeah absolutely although i didn't go to that wedding thinking i'm gonna meet right but you did i did yeah and it's better to meet a girl at a i mean or a man at a wedding like if you just go to a bar at least some she knew she knew somebody there that could vouch for her being a good person yeah you can't say the same for like I mean, I guess if you meet somebody in church, it might have a certain weight to it. But a person just randomly at a bar, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of, there's more knowns if you meet somebody at a wedding because they have some type of relationship with somebody else in their friends or family or, you know, something. Anyway, I think it's a it's just a great, it's a, just a great event. A wedding is yeah. a positive, it's not a funeral. It's a positive event. It's a happy event. People are drinking, celebrating, feasting, dancing. Um, and this praying it's just it's just a it's a man there's 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 nothing sad about a wedding it's like the whole nine yards for that it, you know and for this wedding it was it was like a three four day ordeal so we were all in the same just massive hotel hanging yeah. out I've been to Catholic weddings that seem like they're three to four days yeah. long but they're, <laughs> they're like the ceremony anyway. French, French weddings started like noon mm-hmm. and Typically, I mean, the weddings where where I'm from, everything's small. So it's like you walk to the city hall, get married there, and then you walk home with mm-hmm. everyone. And we're talking like you get married at noon, and then you start the celebration whenever you get home. So 2, 2 p.m., 1 p.m., and you just celebrate until the next day. I mean, I'm talking until the next day. There's no 11 p.m. cutoff. Everyone goes home, whatever. Yeah, you, it is an all-night ordeal, sometimes a couple days. And it's you sleep wherever you can. Mm-hmm. Everyone pitches in. You know, the next day is massive breakfast for, like, 100 people. But you, you just – it's it's fun. It's different, but it's fun. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk about Margot Hill. Yeah, let's do Margot Hill, <clears throat> let me just tell you what I know about it. Okay. Before you get into the details. Margot Hill is a wedding venue. It's an event place also. Mm-hmm. I've been out there for Supper Club. Yep. Which uh, you and your wife put on. You get a guest chef come in. We buy the tickets. You come in, you hand me a glass of champagne or, or whatever, the wine or whatever. And everything... The, the meal is explained. The chef comes out and talks. It's nice. It's a nice little date. I know some people there, so it's a good... They put me at a table with some friends, and I meet new people in Athens or the surrounding areas. It's a multi-course meal. The wine is paired with the certain foods. Yep. And, I mean, all the way up until dessert. And then we go home, and it was, it was awesome. Um... I also have seen the buildings out there. They're really nice. The landscape is beautiful. The home's beautiful. The there's a lake. But it's on Highway 31. So the same road that goes from Kilgore to Corsicana. Um but if you're in Athens, if you get on the loop and go towards Corsicana on 31, it's almost in is it in Malakoff? I mean, we're after the Malakoff sign where we're technically in the county. 
Okay, so. so it's right before. It's just on the east side of Malakoff. And you're in Henderson County. Henderson County. Just yeah. just east of Malakoff on the left. Used to be called this place called Venue, Venue 31. 31. Yep. How did you guys go about, you know, why did you decide on buying this wedding venue and making it Mongo Hill? Yeah, I mean, not not to over-spiritualize it or anything like that, but it was a it was a total God thing. Um, and I know that's kind of like a very like throwing around answer, but it mm-hmm. really was. Um, so I, I had convinced my wife to, for us to leave our, our jobs and go back to France and work at the family business for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And there we really found out that we worked well together, loved the hospitality industry, um, loved hosting. Um, and, and she's in marketing, her whole background is marketing. So that's just like a new project every time there's an event or every time she needs to advertise. And it's, it, it's right up her wheelhouse and she's very creative too. And, and so we, we decided, well, my parents are doing this piece of America and France shtick. We would love to do the same thing on property and not necessarily even at the time, a wedding venue, just like at a, a village build a piece of France mm-hmm. in America. And, um, and so we came back and we were like, thinking we'd do this as empty nesters in our 50s, 60s, whatever. Well, we come back, we start praying about it. We've got like our dream board and inspiration board and all that. All the pictures of the buildings that we love, know about like, you know, Abby's like, I'd like 10 acres. I'm like, I'd like 100. Uh-huh. But uh, life happens. We moved back from France with, with our first child, Stella. Um, had to find like a real job. Um, and so over the years that just kind of went away, but we still thought, you know, in our fifties, we'll probably do this, but still like we kept praying about it. And, um, and then we went back to France. This was the longest stretch that I had set foot in France. Normally I think 15 months was maybe the longest time that I, since I'd moved to the U S that I would have gone without going back to France. And this was seven and a half years later. Like we'd gone, done our two years in France, came back seven and a half years later, went by, finally go back to France, um, Thanksgiving of 2019. And that just kind of reignited the dream. So we came back and we're like, okay, how, how do we make this happen? We're just like, we don't know. We're, we're renting a house in Richardson in Dallas. You know, we don't own the house. We're trying to figure out if we want to set roots here or not over there or not and uh we're at benihana's getting some hibachi from a birthday december 19 <laughs> and my f- my stepfather-in-law is like hey guys um because you know how we look to retire and move to cedar creek lake three years ago well i still get the realtor's newsletter courtney dickens and uh here's a property she posted and I think that's your dream project. Like we hadn't even told them that, hey, dream project, that's what we called it. Dream project's back on the table. Mm-hmm. And he just said, yeah, I think I found your dream project location and showed us the property. And it was Vinnie 31, Margot Hill. And uh, and I just felt this this nudge, this move in her spirit saying like, this, this is the property. This is where y'all are going to do your dream project and and pour into the community and so 
I'm she's more the risk taker and and I'm not but I don't know I'm just like all right if we get open doors we're just gonna walk through them until we're just gonna keep walking until we're told stop and man like we we didn't have the down payment we didn't like Mm -hmm. we didn't have the funds for it but um and there there were several offers put on the property and we were very upfront with the realtor and uh she was you know she relayed the information to the to the sellers and um finally abby was just like hey can we meet the sellers and just have like our offer presentation to them and they were like yeah and so so we met them and we had i mean we made up this business plan showed them our vision mm-hmm. and essentially essentially told them hey we're taking a leap of faith in this. Why don't you do the same with us? And uh, and so we did. And man, like the Lord worked on them too. And they offered us some crazy terms that if we would have asked them, they probably would have looked at us and said, uh, these terms are not advantageous for us at all. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. This is not a good business deal that makes sense. But they came to us with the terms. Like we literally... We're like, all right, God, the only way that this can happen is if is if we have X, Y, and Z, which mm-hmm. any person with common sense would never agree to these terms. But we never presented those terms to them. And they turned around and said, okay, we want to sell to you guys, and we want to give you guys these terms. And it was exactly what we had, wow. had thought. And so that there was no – at that point, it was just clear. I mean, it – if I still had any doubt, that just took all the doubt away. Yeah. And uh, so we closed April 5th. And the crazy thing is, like, shelter in place happened during that time, during the, mm-hmm. the option period. And and a couple people were like, are you sure you still want to do this? Like, we don't know where the world is headed with this, if mm-hmm. people are going to be able to get married anymore or whatever. And we're like, yeah, we got to do it. There's These open doors happen for a reason, not to just shut down like god is bigger than covid and this project is going to be bigger than covid for our little world um and so we we kept going with it and man it we've owned it for eight months now and we went from a very skimpy four weddings in the first four or five months we vrbo'd the house to to help cover all the bills and all that and had to live at my mother-in-law's over on the lake and which you know is not a terrible problem to have um but now we've i think we've hosted and booked i think we're up to 38 weddings now Jeez. and just weddings so yeah. that's not including supper club you know we did the christmas market thing mm-hmm. um other events you know if someone wants to have a quinceanera there plug yeah or a hoot nanny or a hoot nanny or a uh, hoedown or CrossFit New Year's party. CrossFit New Year's party, yes. So let me. I'm obviously a realtor now, so yeah. if you need, <laughs> if if you need a future, yes, you mentioned the word realtor, and I hadn't told my audience yet. But yeah, I got my real estate license. Yeah, you did. And my broker's cool. I'm kind of my own boss in a way. Um, I'll hook you up. Let me just say that. Um, but th- let me list your house. Let me find you a place to buy. Whatever. Enough about that. Mar- why I changed the name to Margot Hill? So we have three kids, Stella, Chloe, and Moose. 
Moose's middle name. We're not weird or anything. It's my mom's maiden name. So I was like, if we have a boy, Moose has to be in there. We did surprise gender with Moose. So we found out the day he was born. Had he been a girl, his name would have been Margo. Mm-hmm. I really want a fourth kid. Or I should say I wanted a fourth kid. Still do. Mm-hmm. Abby's like, shop's closed. Yeah. I'm done. But you got that cat now. Oh, yeah, cookie. Yeah, she doesn't count. <laughs> um, and she's like, y- you've got a fourth kid. Her name's Margo. So... Um, Margo was going to be the fourth fourth child and uh hill because the house is on a hill and also like people name their properties you know something estate something ranch something farm so we felt like there needed to be something yeah and so Margo hill but it's funny because people think that's abby's name people think our last name is hill yeah and you know <laughs> are you margo hill yeah are you margo or margots are you margot hill margot hill that's how it's spelled M-A-R-G-O-T, but it's pronounced Margot. If 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 I'm wanting to possibly have my wedding there, yep. what do I need to do? Call us. Uh, go on, we're, we're on Wedding Wire, The Knot, Facebook, Instagram. Find our email address or call us or our link. And, um, and set up a tour. We'll give you a tour. Okay. Then we can talk details. So I call you. I say, hey, I'm I'm thinking about having my wedding there or my party there. We're going to set up a time to meet. Yep. You're going to take me. I'm going to drive out there. I'll drive out there. You'll get through the gate. Mm-hmm. We'll let you know how to get through the gate. Then we'll meet you down at the venue site. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll get in from, you know, basic intake information, name, info, which we'll have a lot of that wedding date or your event date how many guests are you expecting so just to see if it's a good fit right away you know Mm -hmm. because i mean if we know your date is taken right and you're not flexible on your date you you might but we'll still want to go through the tour because that might sway your decision like ah maybe i can change so what all do you have out there we've got about five thousand square feet at the venue it's well it's 40 acres first of all Mm -hmm. the venue space uh, the actual space for the event is about 25, 2,600 square feet. And we've got double that space outside under an awning. Um, and that's just the venue space. Mm-hmm. We've got outdoor ceremony site. We currently have the residence, the house that was converted on either side, the master wing side into the bridal suite. Mm-hmm. Where the wa- It sounds weird, but the walk-in closet is huge. And everything got torn out of there and turned into like double vanity mirror chandelier you know two ac vents in there and you, you would never know that it's an old walk-in closet because there's a massive window with view onto the ceremony site so the bride and her party can get ready in there makeup hair done in there and be able to see like who's coming in without them being able to see inside um cool and then on the opposite side of the house private entry into um, separate entry into the groom's quarters, which is a mother-in-law suite, essentially. And it's got its own living room, full bathroom, bedroom. Um, and so the groom and his party can get married there without, I mean, you, you can't hear people talking from or mm-hmm. shouting, you know, on either end of the house. And, and they don't ever have to cross paths either, which is, which is great. Uh, 
We have a shop there as well with all my equipment. That's my office. Abby has her office at the house. My office is in the shop with the machinery. The tools and the machinery. The tools and machinery. Yeah, all the wood, mm -hmm. all that. Projects. It's fun. You so, have yeah. a you have a new container with a like a, a with a mural. A mural. Mm -hmm. Mural and, you know, some words on it so you can take pictures, you know. Um we need we needed storage, man. So we got a container, we're like, yeah, let's let's paint a mural. Let's make it a photo op for people. So yeah, so now you can come to Margo Hill and have a photo op. Yeah, it's pretty popular so far. So uh, it's brand new. So we haven't had really an event with it yet, but we've done some style shoots and, and things like that. And man, like that's the thing. Go go on our Facebook page and and so style shoots are these fake weddings for photo ops, right? Mm -hmm. So all these vendors come together free and the photographer will take all these pictures of like this staged event and then all the vendors can use those pictures for their for their marketing, right? And so it's mutually beneficial for everyone. And man, like we might have had about five or six so far and they've all been different, which is cool. And which shows like the vers ver versatility mm -hmm. of the property. You know, whether you want to have ceremony site wedding, indoor wedding inside the venue or under the awning even. And then someone set up like a ceremony site out and, you know, by the pond and the grass, by some trees. And it's it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So the options are limitless. I saw a couple of deer when I was out there. Um, I went out there for your birthday another yeah. time. And, and uh, it is a beautiful piece of property. Good place to have a wedding. When's the next supper club? Next supper club is Saturday, twenty third. We still have sold out. Not yet, not yet. We had to postpone the December one to this January, mm -hmm. and uh, we've got about I want to say about fifteen or so tickets left. Uh, so it's in a week and a half, eleven days from now. Is that a Thursday night or is Saturday? Saturday night. Okay. Saturday night. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's fun. I mean, they're, it, it's, like you said, it's a good date night. It's a good time to, you know, maybe have dinner with a group of friends or by yourself, mm -hmm. have some great food, some good local wines. This is going to be uh, served by Three Peas Winery here in Athens. Uh, great people. And last up club was Castle Oaks, another local winery. Mm -hmm. um, and... You know, thing is, we, we've had a, a couple chefs ask us, okay, what, what would people like around here? And we, we tell them, no, cook, like prepare what you want to prepare. Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't want to necessarily serve food that would be in the comfort zone of, like our comfort zone, if you will. I want, I want people to be able to experience. I want this to be a culinary experience for, for them, right? Uh, and for us. And honestly, this is... It's not it's not a money maker uh, event for us. We do it once a month. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work on the front end. You know, every supper club is a lot of work, and but we do it because we love food, and we want selfishly we we want to have like a nice dinner really close by. Our kids can stay up at the house. We're real close, and. And then everyone else that comes gets to experience. But we, we limit it to 50. We've sold out. And if, if we have a really heavy demand, 
we'll double check with the chef, see if they're comfortable going beyond 50. But, you know, in this day and age with COVID and everything going on, I'd rather be safe than sorry. And yeah. so I think the biggest group we had was 68. Um, you know, and we, we space out the table. It's, it's plenty of space. But we space out the tables. We keep people in the group that they signed up with. And if they don't, then we just keep them, you know, six feet away from other people. And and it works. I mean, we got the space, and it's fun. It's just a good time. You ready for t- ten questions? Ten questions? Yeah. Rapid fire? Rapid. Okay. What's the funnest wedding you ever been to? <sighs> L.A. wedding. Where, where you met Abby? Where I met Abby. <laughs> yeah. Easy answer. Why? Take Abby out of it. What's the funnest wedding you've ever been to? Dude, that wedding. Okay. Why? It was three days long. It was in L.A. I was post-college. I was making my own money. So, you know, it was just fun. We all met. Like, college friends all met mm-hmm. in a different city. Like, I mean, L.A., man. Like, SoCal. It's fun. Rolling Stones or the Beatles? Man, I have to go to the Beatles. I know them better than the Rolling Stones. I like the Rolling Stones, too. What's your favorite Beatles song? Um, I like Michelle. Michelle? Mm-hmm. How does that go? Michelle, ma belle, son Yeah, that one. Okay. France or the United States? <sighs> Million dollar question. I'd say France because I'm here. Get out of here. Get out of the, get off my property. If I'm in France, I'd say the U.S., it's just my heart misses where it's not. Yeah. You know? Like Napoleon or George Washington? George Washington. <laughs> Come on. Rocky Balboa or Rambo? Or John J. Rambo? Rocky. I'm more familiar with Rocky. You didn't have a bunch a lot of Rambo over there? No, or? we I, I saw all of them, but yeah. I think I saw all the Rockies multiple times. Hmm. And I think also my parents let me watch Rocky earlier than Rambo. Rambo was I mean, for a kid it like it was pretty gruesome and yeah. bloody and all that. I know. That's why I love it. Okay. <laughs> Go moving on. Moving on. Let's get hey, get back on I, the I can see the disappointment in your yeah. eyes, like as we keep going. Tom or Jerry. This is a cartoon yeah. from Looney Tunes. I mean, or, Jerry. I don't know if it's Looney Tunes. Jerry, yeah, I agree. Bugs Bunny or Donald Duck? Dude, Bugs Bunny. What's up, Duck? You're going out to eat tonight. You going sushi? You, you like a nice sushi restaurant or a steakhouse? Unlimited. Unlimited budget. <sighs> That's tough. I love a good steak. But I can, I can cook myself a good steak. I can't make myself sushi. Uh, I go sushi. That's good. What's your favorite sushi restaurant in Athens? The one and only Yamato. <laughs> Yamato, man. Look, this is. I'm gonna give a free plug for Yamato. Like these guys aren't paying me anything. But I call it Yamato. Yamato is probably probably correct. But it's over there, man. On 31. Maybe the bad part of town, and it is damn good, and it's 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 more, it's it's cheaper than what you'll normally pay for good sushi, and it's it's great, it's phenomenal. 
we've been able to eat there with yeah. the food challenge. We have. Yeah. It's been a big help. You get a great waffle at Pig Grill and then just go <laughs> yeah. up the road, up the hill and get a California roller, a tiger roller, <laughs> Yamato, Yamato. We also need to plug Pit Grill, which <laughs> we've come to love again. I used to like it and then it got kind of dirty, but we've been going there for breakfast. They've been knocking it out of the park with their breakfast. Oh, it's yeah. very good. Okay. Back on task. Dallas Cowboys or Dallas Mavericks? Mavericks. I'm a basketball fan. What's your favorite basketball team on the Mavericks? Like what what era? I like I like I love the Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki era. I mean the yeah. Nowitzki era. I, I wasn't too familiar with with before, you know mm-hmm. uh kids first go around. Derek or, Harper. Yeah. Was it Blackman? Rolando, Rolando Blackman, yeah. But uh, obviously, 2011 was just phenomenal. I remember going in Reunion Arena, like their old before the American Uh Airlines Center, and the steps were like super small, but they were so steep. I remember like thinking I was gonna fall down those steps, and I went there for a couple of concerts when I was little. But yeah, so you're you're a basketball guy. I am. Is he your favorite basketball player? He's he's one of them. Who's your favorite? I mean, like, there's the classic Jordan. You know, everyone loves Jordan. Uh, almost everyone. But I loved growing up Reggie Miller. I loved Reggie, his shot. Reggie Miller? Yeah. Really? I loved his I shot. I hated Reggie Miller. Because him and Jordan didn't get along. You yeah. Know? But they respected one another, yeah. I think. What's your favorite CrossFit workout or style of CrossFit workout? Uh, not what we did this morning. Dumbbell thrusters, 400 meter row and pull-ups. Yeah. My hands are hurt though. I'll tell you what, I I used to hate pull-ups, but then I got the kip down Mm -hmm. and pull-ups in in my arms and my body is able, I mean, I'm 240, at least at the weigh in 240, what was it? 242, 240. So I'm not, I'm not light. I'm not, I'm not a light guy. So pull up anything body weight is already like a, a weight workout for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a heavy workout. Yeah. But now I can do pull ups. Yep. Um I, I like I like the ones where it mixes uh barbell workouts with body weight workout. Um if we can sprinkle in the two or four hundred meter run in there, mm-hmm. I like it because that gives me a break. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a runner like you or Boog or Hoffman, but I I don't I don't mind running. <laughs> I'm not a runner either compared well, to those those you, guys. You ran a lot farther than I ever ran my entire life, I'm pretty sure. Okay. What what is your favorite um Van Zant coffee roast? I'm really liking that Rica Suave. Rica Suave from Costa Rica is a good that's a good coffee. It is. And I made it strong this morning. And Abby doesn't like strong coffees, but she liked it. How do you prepare your coffee? Uh, ratios? Yeah. Well, I drink mine black, but Cor- when I prepare it. You do it right, yeah. Yeah. When I prepare it, I go one and a half heaping scoops per cup. No, per one heaping scoop per cup and a half of water. Do you have a regular coffee pot? Yeah. So you, you so like feel that filter ha- more than halfway up with beet grinds? I don't eyeball it. I literally go 12 cups. I'm going to go eight, right? No. 
two, four, six, eight. Yeah, eight heaping scoops of coffee in there. Whatever scoop is, whatever spoon is in my jar. Interesting. Okay. Well, you passed. Barely. Barely. Barely passed the test, the 10 question test. What else do you want to talk about? I mean, we, we can talk about anything. Well, let's do it. <laughs> now, man, appreciate you being on today. You're going to be, you passed the test. You're going to be back on. Okay. And we're going to listen to the, the uh, Christian rock band. Yeah. Image. A sound clip. Um, once again, Logan Mysegades. Thanks for having me. Abby Mysegades, the owners of Margo Hill in Athens, or, or Malakoff, if you want to get super specific. But it's one of the few wedding venues in the area. Yeah. Very few venues around. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what. All the other wedding venues in the area, they're all great. We mm-hmm. all we all have gotten to know one another, but we all offer different things. We all have a different style, so which is nice because we haven't been like cutthroat with one another or anything like that. It's been very supportive, especially through this COVID uh, period. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, COVID's been rough on everyone, everyone, and especially the, the wedding industry. I'm sure. Um, but check us out, Margot Hill Wedding and Events. But let me tell you this. Yeah. We're going to be okay. We are. And I'm, what I mean by that is our country is going to be okay. Us as Texans are going to, our businesses are going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And we're going to be stronger for going through all this BS. Yeah. So don't worry. And I'm, I'm acting, I'm preaching to you. But I'm really talking to myself yeah, and everybody else out there. It's going to be fine. We're going to pull through this. Yeah, Let's get together. Let's communicate with each other. If you're on the left or the right, if you're black, you're white, Mexican, whatever, let's talk to each other and let's get through this and, and have a great country again. We're going to be fine. So cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you to Dash. Health and Wellness, Alicia and Justin Munden. Thank you to Van Zant Coffee. Thanks to Logan and Abby Mysgates with Margot Hill. Uh, thanks to Yamato Sushi for just being badass and the pit grill. Uh, love you guys. Thanks for listening and have a great night. Bye-bye.